Welcome to the Control the Room podcast, a series devoted to the exploration of meeting culture and uncovering cures to the common meeting. Some meetings have tight control and others are loose. To control the room means achieving outcomes while striking a balance between imposing and removing structure, asserting and distributing power, leaning in and leaning out, all in the service of having a truly magical meeting. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join us live for a session sometime, you can join our weekly Control the Room Facilitation Lab. It's a free event to meet fellow facilitators and explore new techniques so you can apply the things you learn in the podcast in real time with other facilitators. Sign up today at voltagecontrol.com facilitation lab. If you'd like to learn more about my book, Magical Meetings, you can download the Magical Meetings Quick Start Guide, a free PDF reference with some of the most important pieces of advice from the book. Download a copy today at magicalmeetings.com. Today, I'm with Anique Belier at C2, where she is Vice President of Growth and Partnerships and heads the Creation of Innovation Growth Strategies. Anique is also involved in the Montreal community, playing an active role in the innovation sector and sitting on the board of directors of Zoo, the Creative Entrepreneurs Incubator initiated by Cirque du Soleil founder Guy Liliberté. Welcome to the show, Anique. Thank you so much, Douglas, for having me. It's great to see you again. Oh, absolutely. It's been a while since South By, and it was such a pleasure to connect with you there. Absolutely. What a great pleasure to discover someone that's, you know, kind of connected in some random way and, and, and being brought together by the power of convening. That was great. Yeah, so cool. And, you know, our conversation there by the lake just really inspired me to want to have this episode with you and dig in a little bit more about the types of events you all do and what inspires you to do the work you do. So really looking forward to digging in. And so before we get into all of that, I think it'd be really great to hear from you about how you got into this work, what kind of inspired you to start working in the space of events and just bringing people together. Yeah, well, I think there's a there's a cool and kind of non-traditional story there. I started my career in the family business doing uh, real estate, but we really were conceptors of projects, right? So we'd work with architects and, um, you know, kind of designers and our landscape architects. And the whole thing was really creating projects that we can then uh, market. And we sold a lot to uh, Europeans and even Asians and this beautiful spot by a lake in Tremblant where I'm from. And C2 was actually a client of ours. And at some point, my dad is, you know, done developing and he just wanted to slow down a bit and stuff. And I had a connection at C2 and they said, you know, do you want to come by and and work a little bit during the event? And I was really happy at this time because I didn't have a job anymore. And so I was like, well, that's a great way for me to find one at least. And I didn't have to pay for my ticket. Right. So that was like perfect. And then I get there and my boss at the time, once, you know, I've done my report was like, look, do you want to run our sales team? We're looking for someone. And I guess this was just great timing. And, and I think what really appealed to me at that time was that we went and I don't know if you guys know C2, but we we were known for this amazing flagship in Montreal that's called C2 Montreal which the whole purpose is to create a creative exportation vehicle for creative industries and technology industries that are born out of the city and, and the country and our province. 
And so I, I get there. I'm excited, obviously. And, and it, I think one, one of the things that really got me excited about the opportunity is that first they were scaling. So they were taking the flagship model and they were turning it into a white label service for brands who wanted to create different B2B experiences. So there was this entrepreneurial mindset, but also the notion of like commercializing creativity. So I've been used to working with designers and architects, and I just felt like there was a lot of very interesting design principles. And I, I think this is the link to basically my old career in real estate and, and you know, working at C2. So it wasn't just the event space. It was mostly like, how do you take such strong creative and design and turn it into something that's commercially viable? And then I'm, I'm pretty social. I love people. So I thought, you know, <laughs> maybe that's for me. So I've been here for six years now. Well, wow, that's really cool. You know, I can imagine a project-focused real estate endeavor would have some real similarities to kind of putting together events. And, you know, to your point, C2 was a client. So there's definitely some overlap in needs and, and elements of what brings together uh, a really solid event and experience. Well, absolutely. I think the whole, well, first of all, the fact that it's a project-based, both are project-based industries, right? There's a start, there's a finish. So there's this notion of hype, right? You're working really hard and there's a clear deliverable and then you kind of move on to something else. So I think like with my personality, that fits really well. Uh, so that's a big similarity and a bit more maybe like the business model or the way we operate the business. And then there's the whole creative vision. You know, what are you, what are you trying to achieve? How do you want people to feel when they enter your, your real estate project or an experience that you've built together? What, are, what do you aspire to? What kind of aesthetics? What kind of feeling? How do you drive, you know, if it's in real estate and it's like, how do you drive seamless living? How do you make people connect with one another in the property? And then these are very similar concepts when you're looking at how do you design experiences. In our domain, it's mostly for, for businesses. So it's mostly like B2B experiences. Like how do you get people together? How do you architect environments that will enable humans to meet faster, more meaningfully so that they can, you know, do projects together, find a new job or, you know, just think about some some innovation that they want to push forward. So lots of similarities, even if, you know, the first time you look at it, you might not think so. It's actually very, very, very similar. Absolutely. You know, I was really curious when you mentioned creative vision, and I wonder, what do you think are the keys to successfully crafting a creative vision when it comes to these, you know, whether it's real estate projects or even a C2 projects? Like what are, what are the elements to making that really just well done? Well, I think for us, and I'll stick a bit more to C2 because real estate is a bit far right now. I'm, I'm not very old, but still. <laughs> I think for us, it's, it's really having a key. There's two things, right? There's C2 as a corporation. What's our philosophy behind, you know, convening and how we want people to feel and how we want them to behave. But then it's, you know, when you're looking at a client project or when we're looking at the flagship event that we're doing, let's say C2 Montreal, the main objective is to drive economic impact 
for our city, for our province, for our country. So we need to give a platform to entrepreneurs to have their brand shine, but we also need to architect them meeting people. So how we source the audience, how we create moments of connection throughout the experience, um, how do we hype people before the event to come and discover these talents. Like that's really kind of what's driving the whole vision, right? So that's how we're thinking about designing our stages, our content. That's how we're thinking about, you know, having a lot of collaboration in all the activities that we're doing because we want to multiply the number of times people will collaborate and will meet humans. So I think starting with a clear, and it's a bit cliche, I guess, but starting with a clear indicator of what winning means and then making sure that, you know, all the touch point, all the creative, all the, the elements are driving towards that and that the whole team is aligned. I think this probably is one of the most important thing is like, how do we make sure that everybody that's on you know, the project understands clearly what needs to be accomplished. And then providing, I think, a fun space for people to experiment, mm. take risks, have fun, love what they're doing so that you come up with something fresh, you know? Yeah, I think that experimentation is really very key. And I'm kind of curious how you've balanced this need to meet deadlines, but also foster the right amount of experimentation. We're a bit lucky in that regard because we have a flagship with our brand on it. And that's really where we go crazy because, you know, mm. I was talking about the main objective, but at the end of the day, there's not a brand telling us this is our guideline or we need, you know, X speaker or this CEO to open the talk and these clients to feel a certain way. Like we have a lot of freedom to take risk because that's like really tied to our DNA. I think people come into a C2 Montreal event expecting weird stuff to happen, you know, almost kind of looking for it. So we really love to have this as like a project where creatives and, and strategists and business people work on to kind of get a bit, I guess, like crazier. And then what works there can be applied to clients, but it's, it's, there's a lot of freedom there. But I must say that we're also very lucky because clients come to us to do things differently. I think, you know, this is true to who we are as a brand. Like we're bold, we're risk takers, we love to push the envelope. And so even within the projects that we're doing, you know, deadlines, budgets, it's always important. Like we know that executing with excellence is probably the one thing that we can't go about, like whether it's for our brand or any client we're working with. But experimentation is part of the journey, even when we're, we're working with, with our clients. I'm also starting to begin to wonder about, you know, as an organization focused on events, how has that impacted your internal gatherings and internal meetings that you have? When you, you talk about human connection being a big part of your focus and, and interest, how does that show up in your kind of everyday interactions? Well, I think there's a pre-pandemic, a pandemic answer, and I don't, I didn't <laughs> want to bring this up, but I think it's had a big impact and where we are now and where we want to go. So, you know, we have a very collaborative culture. Uh, sometimes that's good. Sometimes it makes things a bit more difficult or complex, but I think, you know, we like to test things on, on our own employees. Like the creative team sometimes will say, 
oh, we're trying a new lab or a new experience for an event and we want to try it internally before. So there's a bunch of these things happening. You know, I think we love to start meetings with icebreakers. So there's a few funky things that we do when there's like bigger or more official meetings, I guess, in, you know, within the company. Other than that, I mean, you know, some meetings are just kind of happening in a more traditional way, I guess. We've tried a lot of stuff during the pandemic to get people engaged, to make people feel that they're part of a community, that there's still culture. And now we're trying to get people back into the office. You know, I think that we've all grown a bit, I guess, comfortable being in our, you know, Lululemons and <laughs> just relaxed clothes and working from home and not having to commute. And, you know, there's definitely something positive about that. But the real culture, the real connection, you know, we firmly believe that needs to be fostered through being live with, with the humans. And so right now we're testing a bunch of stuff, right? We're humans. We love to eat and drink. So there's Saint Cassette in the office. Saint Cassette is like a cocktail hour, if you want. We'll converge certain days for certain projects where team meet. So we're really trying to, you know, try to get people excited to come back to the office. We even have like an office dog now. We're, uh, Alex and my team is training him to be a, um, a, a dog that's going to assist someone that's blind. And she's training him for the first year of his, his uh, surface dog career. And we didn't used to have dogs at the office and now he's here and everybody loves him. So we come and we pet him. So anyways, we're trying a bunch of stuff, I guess. Yeah, there you go. So it sounds like y'all are making much more of a shift to get back in the office. Is that a 100% of the time? Or are you doing more of a hybrid approach where it's like sometime at home, sometime in the office? Or how are you y'all thinking about that? Well, I think right now, and, and, and it's funny because one of our uh, content pillars this year at C2 is about the future of work, right? I don't think we have it 100% figured out. Because something that came out of the pandemic is we started hiring people that are working from Mexico City and from mm. BC and from New York. And that's fantastic. We have someone in Paris, you know, so we don't want to lose that. And I think it's important to be inclusive in, in the sense that talent can come from anywhere. And there's definitely something very positive about not having the, the, the barrier of geography dictate who you're going to work with, Right. But at the same time, there's a certain energy in being able to live collective moments. We have a strong culture at our company, and this is something that made for a really good retention. Also, that makes it okay to go through stress together. We're an industry like if, you know, there's an event and the doors are opening on September 26th, that's when it's opening, you know. So <laughs> it comes with a certain amount of pressure. But being together, going through it together, living the hype together kind of makes it cool, you know? So we're just trying to find the balance. I mean, there's also a lot of contract workers now. Like there is a generation of people or there's people who want to have more flexibility in the way they work. And we need to be, you know, thinking about that because at the end of the day, we want the best talent, no matter how they want to live their, their work life. So there's, there's a lot of things and complexities I find now with, with the way we work, but at the same time, you know, I think that the brands will nail that and find the right balance between culture, inclusivity, flexibility will probably win the talent race, you know? 
I couldn't agree more. And we experienced the same thing with, you know, the workforce being much more distributed. In fact, the folks that did live here in Austin have moved away. <laughs> uh, and then we hired one new person from Austin. So there's a few of us still in Austin, but we're all over the U.S. at this point. And, and like you, we work with contractors as well. And so I think the trick is still being intentional about when you bring people together mm. and not just assuming that, hey, we're a remote all the time and and that there's no um, no need to bring people together because hey we're just remote i love that i love the word intention i feel that this is so important because you know going back to that notion of flexibility i think we can't become lazy mm. so having the intention when we bring people together why are we doing it how are we doing it You know, it's kind of being like a good host. And I use this metaphor a lot in, in what we're doing. And how do you greet people? How do you make them feel comfortable? How do you create moments for conversations? How do you set the table? And I think that notion of intention is so important. Yeah, we've been kind of grappling with what's the right cadence, you know. I think mm. right now we've been gathering everyone together flying everyone to the same place like twice a year, but, you know, maybe That's we great. need to do that more often, you know. It's like it's something that we're constantly experimenting with. And sometimes even smaller groups. Mm. You know, maybe sometimes, like you were just saying, Douglas, that you were in Montreal for a conference, you know, sometimes it's maybe just mapping where people are flying for work and, you know, Douglas and Annick are meeting in Montreal when you're traveling here. And when I go to Austin, I make sure to hit you up so – We have this moment where we may grab a bite or, you know, we grab a coffee and, you know, we share this collective moment. Maybe we take a picture, we share it on Slack. You know, I think it's, I don't know. I think there's, there's going to be a lot of, I guess, tries and errors and like evolution in that. But I, I, I feel that, you know, we all need as leaders and, and managers to be thinking about, about these things. You know, you mentioned the trip to Montreal I recently took, and I think it's a great example because I invited one of our employees to come with me. And, See? you know, I wasn't totally convinced that it was a good decision from an ROI standpoint of like, oh, is that going to result in sales or is this going mm. to boost things in a certain way? And even after the fact, you know, when we were looking at it, we were like, well, is, was this a good use of funds or time? I still think that, you know, bringing together, to your point, it doesn't have to be everyone. We can create little moments where, you know, two or three people can come together and maybe send an extra person on a trip that doesn't have to be there but might provide some insight or, or extra glue, extra connection. I mean, a lot of how we design experiences is based on a concept that we called smart hosting. Hmm. I think one of the most difficult things from a business perspective in the last two years has been the meeting is never the, like the time you have in the boardroom is never where you close the deal. It's never where you actually develop the relationship. I mean, it's part of it, right? It's part of the journey. But why do people love to have lunch or dinner or too many drinks with a client or with a colleague It's because it gives you this moment where you get access to information that's different. You know, you get more information, you get 
a different level. And like the way we design is all about that. It's how do you leverage content, environment designs to get people to connect more meaningfully and more deeply. And that's not done with a one hour Zoom. Like, you know, you'll do a bit of small talking here and there, and then you'll get into uh, whatever it is you have to talk about, and then you hang up, and then that's that's it, you know? Where that's not where relationships are built. So I couldn't agree more with what you're saying in terms of just, you know, taking these opportunities that at the end of the day will be so meaningful uh, when you look back with maybe a different lens or perspective, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I was kind of keying in on, you mentioned contacts and environment. And I think that's um, so critical that people think about those elements, even if it's in a smaller engagement, you know, even if we're just getting together for a little team celebration, whether it's someone's birthday or like any little team health moment, if we really spend some time thinking about those two things, it could go a long way to foster more connection. Absolutely. I think it's uh, it goes back to intention. And even, you know, so what you were saying, it goes back to knowing what you're trying to get out of, of that celebration, you know, like, how do you want people to feel? And everybody wants to feel special and cared for. And, you know, I always like, rarely do you, you hear an entrepreneur saying, oh, I had the best idea sitting in my office. (laughs) (laughs) My company was created when I was having a discussion in the boardroom. It's usually when, you know, you're surfing or playing tennis or back from the museum or after a great dinner or a walk in the city. And so I think you're right, you know, thinking about changing the environments that change the mindsets of people. If it's a celebration, you know, where do you want to celebrate? What is festive? How do you get people to be in that space and that mindset? We firmly believe that environments have a lot to do with, with that. Yeah. I mean, you were talking about Zoom being difficult for connection and we had our... By the way, um, we're on Hangout, Google Hangouts. Like, I feel we're all advertising <laughs> for Zoom all the time now. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, it's become the new Kleenex, right? <laughs> yeah. So for me, I, I had a big epiphany when we did our holiday party in VR. And while I have a healthy... That's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. I'll, I'll say this, because I don't want to just come across as a huge fanboy. And I have a healthy dose of skepticism. Like, you know, there's some things that need to happen before... This is going to be applicable broadly in the workplace. But I will tell you this. It is fabulous for bringing together a remote team to play and to be together and just to celebrate. People were running around setting off like VR fireworks and like playing basketball. And like there were side conversations that were just happening, you know, and every people would congregate in one little place and then they'd start to wander off and congregate in another place. You know, that kind of stuff doesn't happen normally in virtual meetings no you're right like we uh i mean i'm not me myself fully immersed in the metaverse and vr and this and that but i mean at the same time like i feel that this is one of the things like i remember seeing a nike um a nike advertising um many years ago i was probably like nine years old 
And it was women in sport. And it was just like these athletes, you know, like gunning. And back in the days, like you, we used, like now we're used to seeing that, right? But back in the days, like all advertising for sport was, was male. And it was finishing with this bold statement of like, want it or not, it won't go away. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, so freaking bold. And the message was strong is like, you know, get on the program, start putting your dollars there, start thinking about raising your girls like that, because that's where it's going to go, you know? And I feel that VR and these immersive technologies right now, like this is where things are going. Like, it's awesome that you guys have actually, um, you know, hosted your, your internal event on, on those, like we're, we're working on having some of those at C2 Montreal as well this year. And lots of clients are interested in, in testing and, and kind of dabbling in those technologies. We've hired talent that basically lives in the metaverse, you know, like we have, we have people now and, and it's just like embracing these new things when they come up, I feel is so important because that's kind of, you know, when you look at being relevant and not being relevant, like I feel that these things happen so quick now that, you know, whether you like it or not, it won't go away. It's <laughs> 100%. You talk about people living in the metaverse. I mean, there's certainly people that like to hang out and be there and experience it. But there's professionals that are leaning in pretty heavily to what does it mean to create in those worlds? And what does it mean to create, to mm. build a, an environment or a place to gather, you know? And it's amazing to watch them work. I, I was spending some time in Horizon Worlds maybe six months ago. And, you know, it's like, the, the, it was really quite, quite cool because, you know, I'm, I'm, I was in an edit mode. So I was walking around like normal size and he's like working on the whole world. So he's looks like, it was like Jack and the Beanstalk, you know, I'm walking around all tiny. <laughs> he's like massive <laughs> working on it. And uh, it left an impression. I was like, man, this is the future of creation. Well, I, I mean, it absolutely is. And it's just like, it's going to have to be really meaningful when you are actually live with people and we actually like make the effort to travel and yeah, no. So, I mean, I just, I'm looking at my Oculus Quest 2 right there sitting on my, my desk and I'm like, yeah, totally. <laughs> Still in the box, but. <laughs> so you mentioned your flagship event and. That is held in Montreal every year. And when's the next one? Um, so the next one is September 26th to 28th. And so 2020 was fully digital. 2021 was hybrid, but it was extremely hard for the team because regulation was changing up until like mm. a week out of the event. So honestly, it was... It was easier to plan fully digital than last year was planning, you know, the hybrid. And now we are so stoked and energized thinking about what we're actually going to produce in September. We're coming right at the heart of the city. So we have a multi-year deal with Ivanoe, a real estate company in Montreal, and they own most of, of the downtown, like, amazing real estate. And so we're taking over, you know, and it's a strong metaphor for future of cities. How do you create a business environment where people don't just want to come in and work, but they actually want to come and learn, meet, play? So we're bringing a lot of like amazing creative firms from Montreal to create experiences 
We're going to have some amazing content for the first time. There's a portion of the event that's going to be open to the general public. And it's really kind of a statement of us wanting to ignite our city. So it's the theme this year is Ignite. So yeah, couldn't be more excited and energized with the project. Yeah, and with the focus around economic development and prosperity for Montreal, do you find that you mostly see folks from Montreal and the in the general region or are you are you attracting folks internationally as well? No, I think we're, you know, the the whole point is there's no economic impact if people from Montreal do business with people from Montreal. You know, if you look mm. at it from like an exportation perspective. So I guess we're we're not like a CES where everybody from all over the world meets to discuss technology in Vegas and where there's very little people from Vegas. For us, it's more, there are some uh, sectors that are very strong in terms of the economy in Montreal. So entertainment and creativity. So Moment Factory, you know, some companies that you might know. Then lots of like PixMob, basically doing like the flashy bracelets that you see at the Super Bowl shows and whatnot. We're, you know, Quebecers are producing most of the shows in Vegas. Lots of big world tours for, you know, artists like Justin Bieber and Billie Eilish and whatnot. And so that's very strong. Then we also have a lot of AI, many universities in Montreal and the second place in the world where the most doctorate and deep learning graduate from. So it's given birth to this very strong ecosystem in artificial intelligence. And so many of the large corporations have like labs here, but also many like startups in, in the domain. And same thing with green technology and batteries, e-commerce technology, so light speeds and companies like that. And then I guess the people who want to learn about these, who want to buy products from these companies, like that's the people we are trying to get. Like mm. if you want to be inspired by amazing creativity, uh, you want to learn more about AI, you're a retailer and you're looking at creative ways, you know, to do e-commerce and grow your business, I guess these are the international folks that that we're targeting. So it's kind of like an inverted commercial uh, mission, if you want. So speaking of the flagship, what excites you the most about it? You know, when you think about even as a participant or as a citizen of Montreal, what excites you about the fact that it exists and, and being there and just being a part of it? I think it's a testament to how we love to do business in our city. You know, we love to eat well. We're a big gastronomic uh, destination. We're kind of smart, but relaxed. Like there, it's not like the corporate city, you know, it's not your Toronto. There's something kind of, uh, it's that Latin feel, I guess, with, with the North American vibe that's kind of mixed up. And then I feel that it's it's really an example or it's really kind of a benchmark in terms of B2B experience, you know, I guess what makes me the proudest is that we want to speak to Douglas. We don't want to speak to your function or your company. Mm. We want you as a human to feel that you're going to learn, experience, connect in meaningful ways with great humans. And it's not about your function. It's not about the hierarchy. It's about the ideas you bring to the table. It's about the values that you have. It's about your ambition or, you know, you wanting to drive progress and, and grow 
And I think that this is fundamentally one of the things that's very different in, in the way we build the experience. And I think that it's true to who we are as, you know, in our culture, I would say. And we're recognized for it. Like people come and they will tell you, I came to C2 and it changed my life. I changed careers. I met, you know, my business partner. I sold my business. I got the biggest client that I would have never met if I just like sent him a LinkedIn or whatever. But we lived this amazing lab where we were suspended up in the air thinking about moonshots and we had one that was similar and then we got out of, of the lab and we continued jamming and, you know, we ended up with a deal. So I guess this is what is exciting me the most is like, how do we create those environments for people to connect, do business, but with a mindset of like, you know, doing good. I think one thing that our participants have in common is that they're forward thinking. They want to They want to define a world where we do business maybe in a way that's that's a bit different. There's this notion of, you know, being bold and taking a risk. And I'm bringing this a lot because I feel that this is really, it's true to our brand, but it's true to who attends a C2 Montreal event. That's why it creates such an amazing kind of moment of magic, collective magic, I would say, is because people come with a mindset that's like, how do we do good, you know? Mm. I like that. While growing, while making business, but let's be good humans. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And, you know, earlier in the pre-show chat, you were talking about how, you know, opportunity is, is such a, uh, I think, an interesting place to be and to look. And mm. so it sounds like it's creating an opportunity for folks that are coming, for them to meet, for them to even explore new opportunities. And I think specifically you you were even referencing just the opportunities that can be in and around crisis. And, you know, surely we're all very familiar with, have, you know, having to navigate the pandemic. You were even talking about, you know, being completely virtual and then the challenges of doing a hybrid event when, you know, on the heels of, of Delta and, and regulations are changing. So I, I guess I'm curious to hear a little bit more about your perspective on, on all of that. Well, I think... I think for us, it just pushed us to go so deep into the very core of who we are to make sure that the people who were on board had a very concentrated focus, if that's even possible to say. Maybe it's my French Canadian that, that's not saying the right words in English, but it tightened up everything. What was supposed to be a five-year division became a five month vision. And it's kind of like the red tape, the friction, everything that came in the way just didn't exist anymore. It was, it was like almost a survival instinct that made us really go back to like the roots of who we are and why we're doing what we do. And then just being wildly creative, you know, when you don't have this notion of what can I lose, there's not much left to lose. <laughs> you know. So how does that change your mindset? How does that allow you to have a different vision or to just go do things that you would have maybe not considered before. So I think I'm a better human or a better business person than I was when we started living those challenges. 
And I think that, you know, there was, there was some pain, you know, or, or, um, scars left on the organization, you know, obviously, but at the same time, if I look at the fundamentals of the business, the clients, the relationships we've developed and hardship, the trust that we have with one another in terms of the team, I feel that we're in a better place. But then, you know, you were still in business, like it was hard for two years, but I feel that we now have like fundamentals that are, are stronger, uh, bringing us into the future. Yeah, you talked about getting back to basics. It was certainly a time of, you know, really, I would just say resilience and, yes. and really coming back to your values. And I think that, I would say this, companies that were able to tap into their values like you say, laser focus in on, hey, what is this narrow, what, what really matters right now? We're the ones that survived it, and with grace. And humanity. Mm-hmm. And like, because I just feel we got a different perspective, a different lens to look at, you know, our colleagues, our clients, our investors. Like, I just feel that, you know, it allows a different level of relationship, I guess. Absolutely. Well, we're coming to our end here. And before we close out, I want to give you an opportunity to leave our listeners with a final thought. (sighs) I guess. Well, first of all, uh, Douglas, thank you for having me this. We always have really good conversations. I guess final thought would be, well, I mean, first, come to C2 Montreal, September 26th to 28th. This is my shameless promotional message. It's going to be awesome. We're creating a great experience amazing speakers, vibrant locations. So it's us being back like bigger and bolder, just really cool. And I guess, you know, my, what I would say is find ways to connect meaningfully, you know, um, make the effort, don't be lazy. Think about what it means to actually go in with that intention. You were talking to uh, Douglas. And be bold be bold. Yeah. Awesome. Anik, it's been such a pleasure chatting today and hopefully I'll see you in September. Yeah. Thank you, Douglas. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Control the Room. Don't forget to subscribe to receive updates when new episodes are released. And if you want to know more, head over to our blog where I post weekly articles and resources about radical inclusion, team health, and working better. VoltageControl.com.